I'm Matt Littman. I'm executive director of 97%, the gun safety organization. I'm joined today on TAG, talking about guns with Abra Belke. Abra was a former NRA lobbyist. Abra, you were also, by the way, on Jeopardy and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Is that true? That is true. I was. You know, I took the Jeopardy. I took the Jeopardy quiz online and I can promise you I'm not going to be on Jeopardy. (laughs) How did you do? It's funny. I I played very well for the better part of the game and then ended up second, sadly. But the gentleman I lost to had been a manager of a Blockbuster and a Barnes and Noble. So he'd read every book and seen every movie, which is a really (laughs) big advantage. (laughs) That's perfect. Perfect education for being on Jeopardy. So I wanted to talk to you today about a bunch of things relating to guns, obviously. First of all, you are a former NRA lobbyist. The NRA seems super well organized. They get a lot of people to advocate on their behalf. Can you tell me what lessons you think the gun safety movement can learn from how the NRA organizes and markets itself? I think there are certainly some lessons to be learned, and it's not even so much the marketing as it is the commitment. You know, in the gun regulation space, we tend to only appear after a tragedy or in an election year. And the NRA is a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week, 365-day-a-year organization to the point where it almost feels more like a church than an organization to a lot of the people who belong to it. I think the other lesson that's a big takeaway is you have to meet people where they are. Um, The NRA isn't out trying to find new members. They know where their members are. They know that they're at the gun shops and the gun shows. They know that they're at the shooting range. They know that they're at hunter safety class and they go to those places. They don't expect their members to come to them. That's interesting. You know, it's also interesting, I find that people, when they talk about the NRA or the gun issue and they're on the gun reform side, they'll say, well, these politicians are all being bought by the NRA. And I say that's absolutely not true. As far as I can tell, they, they organize and they find the people who agree with them. And those people advocate on behalf of the gun issue. It's not a donation thing. It's an advocacy thing. It's a very hard thing to explain to people who believe in gun reform is that when I was a lobbyist for the NRA, my budget was actually quite small compared to a lot of the lobbyists who I saw day in and day out for other organizations or for other corporate entities. The big difference was people knew NRA members voted. They knew that. They knew that if you were on the wrong side of their views, that they would be at your rallies. They would be campaigning against you, and they would be making sure that every person that they knew who was equally interested in the Second Amendment knew your faults or they knew your strengths. And that is something that I have never been a part of, nor have I encountered another organization with that kind of dedication to showing up on Election Day and showing up throughout an entire two-year congressional term. It's so interesting how the NRA uh, gets, uh, there are maybe 5 million people who Mm -hmm. are members of the NRA and people really um, advocate on behalf of guns uh, with the imprimatur of the NRA. I mean, I think it's incredible how much work they do. Um, When gun owners and non-gun owners talk about guns, they talk about obviously in a much different way. When non-gun owners talk about gun owners, is there a turnoff to the way people talk about guns Like, do you hear something that sounds condescending sometimes when people talk about Mm -hmm. guns and they don't own guns? I do. I I have done a lot of ask me anythings where I've allowed um, 
readers on my social channels, followers on my social channels to ask me any question they want about the Second Amendment or about gun reform or about just the issue as a whole. And one of the questions I get a lot that irks me is, why does anybody need more than one gun? And it seems to be this idea that we're very comfortable placing uh, a restriction on how much you need to utilize your Second Amendment rights or how. And it's not the people who know about self-defense, who know about gun ownership, who know about hunting, who know about what it's like to live in very rural places or urban places where they don't feel safe. It's people in the suburbs who say, well, that seems reasonable to me. So why isn't that reasonable to you? And it is a very condescending way to talk to um, gun owners. It is sort of like when certain groups of men talk to women about their reproductive rights. It feels very much like it comes from the same place. We know what's best for you. Why don't you listen to us more? You know, it's true. Uh, one thing that, that is helpful when you're talking about these things is experience, right? Your mm-hmm. personal experience, you're a gun owner. So I'm assuming that when you talk about guns, you talk about it from a personal point of view, not from like an ivory tower point of view. Yeah, it does certainly change your perspective because I've met every kind of gun owner. I've met my people from minority communities who own for a wide variety of reasons. I know a number of LGBTQ people who've taken up firearms ownership in the last few years out of fears for their safety, which is both sad, but it also is nice that you feel like you can protect yourself. Um, And I've met exactly who people think gun owners are, rural people who live in the middle of nowhere, where if my parents dial 911, the odds that the officers to their house in less than 20 minutes are pretty slim. So it does vary throughout the population. And once you start to meet these people and talk to them and learn their individual reasons for owning firearms, it gives you a fresh perspective on who gun owners really are. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. A couple of things. One is you talk about the fact that people own more than one gun. About a third of the people in the United States own a gun, but there are as many guns as people in the United States. Mm -hmm. So these are people who own two or three guns, generally speaking, when people own a gun. That's number one. And we talk about the urban-rural divide 46% of people in rural areas own guns versus 19%. In urban areas, that definitely does seem to be a divide between the rural areas and the urban areas. Yeah, I definitely see that divide because I've lived in both places. I lived in Washington, D.C. for 10 years, which was an eye-opener for me as a gun owner that the only people at the time I lived there who had guns in D.C. were cops and criminals. There really wasn't a lot in between. And when I'm in Montana, my Sunday school teacher carries a gun. So it's a really different experience. But it's very very difficult to talk beyond the categorizations and beyond the rural-urban divide. Because I've had people say to me, well, why does anybody need to hunt for food? It's the same as saying to someone who lives in one of the wards in inner-city D.C., well, why can't you get to a grocery store? It's something that you don't understand because it's not your experience. That's and right. one of the things that's really sad about this issue and politics in general is we're so siloed off from other people that we just stop hearing them and we've decided who they are and what they need. Yeah. So thank you, Aubrey. Your point of view is, um, you know, you have so much experience in this issue uh, and your point of view is vital, I think, on this issue. And it brings me to my next question, which we're hoping for short answers, but the first question I'm going to ask you probably requires a longer answer, which is what's your opinion on background checks? I know it's nuanced, so. Yeah, it's certainly a nuanced opinion. I think the vast majority of gun owners support 
background checks because we don't want guns to fall into the hands of the wrong people either. But you do have to be aware of when you implement these systems, how you're going to run them so that they're A, successful, and B, not overly cumbersome for the average person. Because people don't think about what it's going to take for a private individual who wants to sell a firearm to run a background check on another private individual. And it's why it's so important that gun owners have a seat at the table, is so when these policies are discussed, when the regulations are implemented, the people who will actually encounter them every day or more often than the other side, have the ability to say that won't work for us. And here's why, but here's what would work for us. Right, right. These are the gun owners who these laws affect most of all. And yes, we say 97% of the people favor background checks. We just did a study that said 86% of people, of gun owners, favor background checks. And then of course there are nuances to those laws. Uh, there was just an incident, Abra, that I saw a couple of days ago where a kid took a parent's gun shot the parent on the Zoom, right? The parent yeah. is on the Zoom, kid shoots the parent. What can we do to reduce these firearm incidents in the home? I think one of the, the things that's different today than when I was a child is we we had sort of an uninterrupted chain of gun ownership. People came home from World War II. They, they hunted. They came home from Korea. They owned guns from their time in the service. They owned guns because they lived in certain places. And then we have this generation of people who didn't own firearms. And so they have no familiarity with them. Their children have no familiarity with them. And their gun storage is just terrible. You know, their basic understanding of firearm safety is terrible. And one of the things we have to start saying to people, particularly new gunners, new, new gun owners, is older gun owners, more experienced gun owners, we have to be volunteering our time to teach these classes to take people to the range, to encourage them to store their firearms in a better, safer way. When I find a new product that I think is gonna be helpful to me in storing my guns, I will tell friends who own firearms, hey, have you looked at this? Have you heard about this? What do you think of this safe? How does yours work? Because it's really important that we reestablish this sort of history of safety and safe ownership. Are you open to technology when it comes to storing your guns, smart safes and that sort of thing? I think there is a place for technology. It's just one of these issues where sometimes the technology industry doesn't talk to the right people. They have a great idea. And so they go out and they build something. And it's like that in every realm of technology. And so if gun owners have the ability to help influence the products and figure out how they work, it is certainly something that can step up and help parents, particularly parents, who have guns in the home where there are small children out. But there's also, there's personal responsibility unless we reestablish this idea that as a gun owner, you have people you can talk to and people who you can ask questions of. We're not ever going to get to a place where there are fewer gun accidents. Uh, you post a lot on social media about the importance of um, self-care. How do you uh, beat burnout, Opera? You know, beating burnout is really hard and, this time in particular, it seemed hard two years ago, and now it seems basically impossible. But I, I think the thing you have to do is you have to be constantly evaluating your own needs and giving yourself a break and putting yourself first. I mean, when you get on an airplane, there's a reason why they tell you to put on your oxygen mask before helping others. It's because you're no good to anybody if you're completely burnt out. That is very, very true. Very true. You have to take care of yourself. Barbara, when we conclude these talks, we asked somebody to tag another person that we should have on, whether you agree or disagree with that person. Who do you think would be a good guest? Who would you like to tag? 
You know, I would like to hear from the vice president as to what she thinks about all of this. Um, It's one of these issues where people assume they know her positions. And I think it'd be really helpful for people who support gun reform, reasonable gun reform, to hear from her directly. Thank you, Abra. It's great to talk to you. It's great to see you. You're great on this issue and really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Great to talk to you, Matt. Thanks, Abra.